You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Parsha Review Podcast. All right, welcome back everybody to the weekly Parsha Review. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devarim, the first Parsha in the fifth book of the Torah. And it is the 44th portion since the beginning of the Torah that we began oh so long ago. There are 105 verses, 1,548 words, and 5,972 letters. There are two mitzvahs, two prohibitions in this week's parsha, And the parsha is really an amazing parsha. It's very unique because there's nothing really new being told to us in this week's parsha. Because the book of Devarim is also known as Mishneh Torah, the review of the Torah. That's what Deuteronomy means. It reviews many of the principles of the Torah, and these 11 portions are the final 36 days of Moshe's life, as the Jewish people stand across the Jordan River and prepare to enter the land of Israel, the promised land. Moshe begins to recall the journey and the teachings of the Torah. If you'll see in the notes here, those of you online, those of you listening to this podcast, uh, there are notes that you can download from this podcast or the description in the video, and you can join us on this journey through the Parsha. But if you notice, from here till the end of this week's Parsha, I italicized the words. Everything is italicized. And the reason I did that is because this is not something new, but rather something that Moshe is repeating to the Jewish people about what happened previously. He's recalling their journey and the teachings of the Torah. Hashem spoke to us in Choref at Mount Sinai, saying, go inherit your land. And all the promises Hashem made to our forefathers were repeated. And Moshe says, Hashem promised to Abraham, and Hashem promised to Isaac, and Hashem promised to Jacob, etc., etc. Moshe recalls the appointments of judges, establishing the Sanhedrin, the judicial system, for the tens, for the fifties, for the hundreds, for the thousands, to assist with the massive burden of being the only judge for an entire people, for an entire nation. We sent spies by your request, Moshe says, to probe the promised land. You were dissuaded by their false claims. You were sad and didn't want to go into the land. I told you to trust Hashem, but you didn't and Hashem was angered by this rebellious behavior and punished all except for Kalev and Yeshua because only they will enter the land. Hashem promises that the entire generation will die in the desert and not enter the land. Me too. I was punished not to enter the land, says Moshe. If not for our sins, Hashem would have given us, without a fight, all the land from the Mediterranean to the Euphrates, including the lands of Ammon, Moab, and Edom. Moshe then recalls the warriors who futilely attempted to conquer the promised land against Hashem's will and suffered a massive defeat in the hands of the Amorites. That's in Parsha Shlach, as you recall. Then Moshe recalls the travels from Kadesh to the wilderness to the Sea of Reeds, then to Mount Seir, through the land of Esav, to Arava, Eilat, Etzion Gaver, and to the Moab Desert, Kadesh Barnea, and then to the brook of Zared, until all the people who left Egypt died, as Hashem promised, 
that they will not enter the land and that they will die in the desert. Hashem commands Israel to march towards the land. So rise up and cross the brook of Arnon. Moshe reminds the people how Ammon and Moab did not allow the Jewish people to pass through their lands and that Hashem does not allow us to fight with the kingdoms of Esau, Moab, and Ammon. Recalling the many victories Hashem delivered our enemies into our hands, two mighty kings, Sichon, king of Cheshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, and overtaking their 60 cities, Moshe recalls the agreements with the tribes of Ruvain, God, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. Moshe re-outlines their land divisions. Moshe encourages Yoshua, the next leader of the Jewish people, who will lead them into the land and reminds us that just as Hashem delivered miraculous victories over the two mighty kings of Sichon and Og, Hashem will do the same when we enter the land. Just march right in and inherit it. And the portion ends with the following verse, which I think is so critically important for us. We're going to talk about this in our important lessons. But this is the final verse of the Parsha. You shall not fear them, for Hashem, your God, he shall wage war for you. And then the Parsha concludes. So, my dear friends, sit back and relax, because now it's time to take this Parsha and hopefully take as many inspiring lessons, as many important lessons as possible, and make them part of our lives. So the first is that this entire book of the Torah, the entire book of Devarim, are the last 39 days of Moshe's life. And it's such an amazing thing because who knows if we're in the last 36 days of our lives, but to make it count, to make every minute that we live life count, it shouldn't just be a day. It shouldn't be just a day off. It should be a day where we added value to this world. We see that Moshe in the last 36 days of his life does the most unbelievable things. It's incredible what Moshe was able to accomplish in the last 36 days of his life. So I think it's just an important reminder for us every time we wake up in the morning, we thank Hashem for giving us an opportunity to get closer to Him, to serve Him, and to do everything we can to maximize each day. Okay. So why does Moshe bring up the sins of the Jewish people, the 40 years of our history? Why is it important to bring up the past? Let bygones be bygones and just move on with life. So there's a couple of very important things. Number one is that Moshe guides and even urges the people to change their ways. Look, reflect at your mistakes, take a lesson. It's important for a person to take, you know, I'm a big, we say this every year when we go into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, regret is part of the process of repentance. You have to have regret. But you can't live with regret. It's just a process. Regret is part of a process. You can't live with constant regret. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's not a healthy way to live life. It's part of a process of repentance. Part of that process is looking at what we've done. I regret it. But now what's the next step? I accept for the future. Regrets only value 
is when we accept for the future. When we take, when we spring into action and say, you know what? The regret is going to be a force for, for change. It's going to be a force for good. Now, if you look at the history of the Jewish people, you'll see something which is really remarkable. And that is that the Jewish people live a supernatural existence. Nothing makes sense. Nothing is ordinary. The Jewish people living in Egypt doesn't either make sense. Why weren't we wiped out? And then when we leave, we have the sea split. And then when we pass the, 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 the sea and we are on the other, other side, we're living by miraculous experiences every day of the mana. We have wars waged against us and we win, we're victorious. I mean, what in the world is going on? We're, we're a disheveled people who have gone through 210 years of slavery, who haven't had a moment to breathe, and we win wars because we don't live by the laws of nature. The laws of nature don't apply. This is an interesting, I would say even a little controversial, but in the early 80s, maybe late 70s, when they started doing a lot of research on smoking, so they presented to one of the rabbis that, uh, you know, the medical research is showing that it's really unhealthy for a person to smoke. The rabbi said, that's great, but it doesn't apply to the Jewish people because their existence is different. Now, it could be that at the time, what he was saying was is that the Jewish people were living on a different level. I think that every person today needs to ensure that they do everything they can to protect themselves from all evil and from all danger, and from all illness. And if a person can keep themselves clean of smoking or any type of other potentially dangerous intake, do so. It's important. Protect yourself. But just so that we understand that concept, that the reality that a Jew lives by is supernatural. And never forget that. We have different laws that apply to us. Now, there's another very important thing. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, this whole, we talk about this in the, our Musser studies, the idea of introspection. To look at your ways, to evaluate, and to chart a course going forward that puts us on the right path. You see, there's a halacha that tells us that every night before we go to sleep, a person should have an introspection and they should evaluate their day. Evaluate. What did I do right? What did I not do right? What can I change for tomorrow and become a better person? We see this here in this week's Parsha, how the Jewish people are urged to do an introspection. Look at your ways. Look at what you've done. Moshe does this for himself. Moshe does this for the Jewish people. And we should do it for ourselves as well. Every day of our lives, think back. Look at what you've done. Is there somebody that I need to apologize to? Is there somebody that I may have hurt their feelings? Is there someone I may have insulted? It's important for us to take the time every day to have an introspection. Now, verse 12 in chapter 1 of this week's Parsha is read, and we'll see this Shabbos when we read the Torah portion. It's going to be read to the tune of Echav, Lamentations, as it alludes to discord among the people. It alludes to the struggle of the Jewish people. 
Our sages tell us that the temple was destroyed because we didn't have proper respect for one another. Because there wasn't the proper level of care and concern for our fellow. This is our responsibility. Our responsibility is to change that. Change the way we treat other people. Treat them with respect. Treat them appropriately so that we don't have this day as a day of mourning forever. We hope that it's never going to remain a day of mourning again, that it becomes a day of celebration, a day when our temple is restored. But because this week's parsha always falls out before Tisha B'Av, which is next week, before the fast of the ninth of Av, therefore, we just to add to the emotions of this time, a time of sadness. We change the tune for verse number 12, where we say the word Eicha, Eicha's lamentations. We say it with the tune of Eicha as well, to remind us of what led us to this destruction. Additionally, there is accountability. We see a, an important lesson that since we started learning the Torah, we see the same theme almost every single week, in every single parsha. Reward and punishment. When you do the right thing, you get rewarded. When you do the wrong thing, you get punished. And this is a constant theme throughout the Torah. Why do we have all of these stories? You have hundreds of stories in the Torah teaching us this specific lesson. You do good, you get good. You do no good, you get no good. This is a very important theme. By the way, and I think that in our generation, with this whole culture of let's baby-proof our homes, we're ruining our children. Because if children don't learn that when they touch things they shouldn't, they'll get hurt. Obviously, we're not saying to leave open knives and glass on the floor. All right, We're not talking about that. But we are saying that children learn. We're very, very incredible learners from experience. We need to allow ourselves to learn lessons. If you try to make everything uh, mistake-proof, you'll never learn. So it, it's an important thing for us to, to take into take heed, make this part of our lives. And then the most important thing is don't test Hashem. Don't test Hashem. Hashem says, go in and conquer the land. You'll take it. Take it. It's yours. The Jewish people played games. They said, we're going to go on our own. And they got, they got killed. They were defeated. But fighting to conquer the land against Hashem's word is never going to work. Doing something against the will of Hashem is never going to work. It reminded me, when I was writing this, it reminded me of the Titanic. If you remember the interviews of people who were getting on the Titanic, they were like, wow, this is enormous. Even God cannot sink this ship. Don't test Hashem. Don't test Hashem. A person should be very careful with their words. Very, very careful with the words to understand that Hashem has the power over everything. 
There is nothing that Hashem cannot do. Don't test him. And then finally, I think the most incredible source to overcome any fear, worry, or anxiety is that last verse in the parasha that we addressed that says, you shall not fear them. What is them? Over here, it's referring to our enemies. But any enemy of a person, any worry that a person has is their enemy. Do not fear them. Why? For Hashem, your God, Hashem, your God, He shall wage war for you. You don't have to carry the burden. It doesn't have to be on your shoulders. Let Hashem do it. Hashem is perfectly capable of handling our worry, our troubles for us. Hashem can do it. Hashem has got his finger on the pulse. He knows exactly what's required. And any worry that a person has, any concern that a person has, Hashem can take care of it. So you can carry the weight, you can carry the burden on your shoulders, and it'll fall apart because we can only carry that much. Or we can say, you know what, Hashem? It's your problem. You'll wage the war for me. You'll overcome this struggle for me. And now, live a stress-free life. Live a worry-free life. That's the goal. So, if there's one thing we can take from this parsha, one thing, anxiety, fear, worry, they all come from us trying to declare the results. We are trying to define what is going to happen. If we're not worried about what's going to happen because we know that everything Hashem does is for the best, what do I have to worry about? Don't try to be a prophet and figure out what's going to happen. All fear is about the future. You're worried about something. Relax. You, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Hashem does. Let him handle it. One of my favorite teachings from the Torah is that when Moshe tells Hashem, I want to see your face, Hashem says, no, you can only see the back of my head. Say, just tell us, what does that mean? The face means the future, the front, the future. The back means the past. Moshe is asking Hashem, Hashem, I want to understand the future. I want to understand how things will unravel. Guess what? You'll never be able to see the future. Hashem says, look at the back of my head, which means the past. Look at the past, and you'll see that I always took care of you. Everything worked out perfectly right. You look at your history of your life, and you're like, yeah, everything worked out. It always worked out. That's the way we need to look at life. My dear friends, have a magnificent Shabbos, and welcome to the book of Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy. I look forward to continuing this journey together for the next 11 weeks. Good Shabbos.